hello and welcome to Pali, the Hindu's weekly podcast. My name is Abhinay Lakshman and I'll be your host for today's episode. Dalits who have over the years converted to Islam and Christianity have been demanding inclusion in the scheduled caste list for decades now, something the constitution order of scheduled castes 1950 does not allow yet. Petitions over the issue have mounted in the Supreme Court in the last two decades. The Narendra Modi government in 2019 said it was opposed to the inclusion of Dalit Christians and Dalit Muslims in the SC list. But this month, the government formed a commission of inquiry headed by former Chief Justice of India, Justice K.G. Balakrishnan, to see if the demands can be accommodated. So what is the argument for the inclusion of Dalit Christians and Dalit Muslims in the SC list? And is there a justifiable argument for their continued exclusion. Joining me for the discussion are eminent scholars Professor Sukhdeo Thorat, Padmashri Awardi, and an expert in the field of studies of social exclusion, and Assistant Professor of Politics at Jadavpur University in Kolkata, Professor Shubhajit Mashkar. So I just wanted to start off with the question. I wanted to give you each five to seven minutes on uh, explaining for example for professor thorat explaining your argument for inclusion of dalit christians dalit muslims into the sc list and uh, professor noshkar your argument uh, for their possible continued possible exclusion so uh, professor thorat i'd start with you once see uh, you know the justification for the uh, reservation policy or similar policy which are called say for example affirmative action policy in USA and uh, or equal opportunity policy, equal employment policy. These policy which are different than the policy for poor, for example, in general, is based on the consideration that some of the groups are discriminated on the basis of group identity, uh, not because of merit or efficiency, but they are discriminated subject to uh, because of their group identity, uh, say associated with race, color, gender, ethnicity, caste. or unreligion and therefore uh, they are denied equal opportunity or equality before law and as a result special policies are developed for them uh, because there is a need to provide them a protection against discrimination so generally speaking what we have is law against uh, discrimination which provide protection to them then to give them the fair share in various sphere of the government and they because they may not get the fair share because of discrimination say in employment or in land market labor market credit market or other markets or even non market transactions access to health or education so they are given uh, fair share and some instrument of a policy which is the fair is given in proportion to their population we do that in india for in share in proportion to population but similar criteria is used and then uh, this uh, Uh, fair share is also in legislature in public employment in education institute and other uh, other sphere so i think the uh, the the affirmative action policy and similar policies are uh, meant for those group who suffer from discrimination from uh, because of their identity and for them we give the uh, special policy and that is uh, i have studied there are about 110 countries in the world uh, this policy is used in various forms so i think uh, that is the reason uh, as to why this affirmative action policy is used for this group now in india we have uh, developed a policy for 
the those who are discriminated based on caste and um, tribal background. Uh, so we have developed a reservation policy. Now we have extended to the other backward class, subject to the income level, criminal. But we are also discussing uh, some kind of informal policy for women. There is a informal policy for women. They are also asking for reservation in politics. As far as the religious minorities are concerned, we also consider the religious minorities other than the uh, Hindu particularly within the framework of the constitution. So although the Hindu scheduled caste were gained reservation, but in 1958 itself, the scheduled caste converted to Sikhism given reservation. And also then in 1991, the scheduled caste converted to Buddhism were given reservation. So it is not that only the Hindu scheduled caste are given uh, reservation or protection against the discrimination, but also the scheduled caste converted to other religions like Sikhism and Buddhism, but the Sikhism and Buddhism are considered as a part of Hinduism in the constitution for specific purpose. Now, the scheduled caste converted to Christianity and Islam, since they face some sort of a discrimination, there has been a continuous demand that they should also be treated on par with the scheduled caste converted to Hinduism and provide safeguard against discrimination in the form of law as well as some sort of a reservation policy. Right, I understand that, sir. But uh, what I would ask is, uh, what is the argument you're making for their inclusion? Are you saying that they are no different from the converts who were converted to Sikhism or Buddhism? No, no, no. Uh, but the argument is, uh, my argument is that all those groups which are discriminated on the basis of their identity, caste, tribal, religion, gender, they should be provided protection against discrimination in the form of law. The way we have provided for scheduled caste, the Anti-Intichability Act, which is renamed as Protection of Civil Rights Act. And we also developed the uh, policy to give them fair representation. Now, therefore, the uh, if the Dalit Christian convert, uh, Dalit converted to Christianity, suffered from discrimination, they must be provided production, protection and develop a policy so that they get a fair share. Now, Dalit Christians have been asking reservation for almost 20 years now. And the churches in India, South Church and All India Church, set up a committee, studied the discrimination. I think Dr. Tagras from Madras University uh, produced a committee and, uh, and studied the discrimination faced by the scheduled caste converted to Christianity. They live in a separate locality in the village. They face the same discrimination in the villages. Besides, they face discrimination in the churches in access to education institution and also in employment in the education kitchen education institution. Now there is also a, some evidence, some although very limited evidence which has been provided by the Dalit kitchen and Dalit Muslim. You know, National Sample Survey provides a data uh, separately for scheduled caste, OBC and other Muslim. And the performance of the scheduled caste with respect to certain indicators is really poor. So my main point is that whichever group it is, it is caste, tribal, religion or gender, if they suffered from discrimination, if they are denied equal right and equal opportunity guaranteed in constitution on the basis of their identity, then they, there is a case for reservation policy and legal safeguard to them against discrimination. That is my argument. Right. I understand, sir. Professor Noshkar, what would you say the argument for possible ex continued exclusion could be? Well, uh, if you if you read I mean, if you if we look at this whole phenomenon of reservation, uh, which was uh, settled cause reservation, which was given on the basis of uh, their untouchable experiences, 
and this was uh, constantly debated in the constituent assembly dr ambedkar who headed the assembly uh, himself uh, talked about it that untouchability is as a major uh, holding back for for this uh, hindu dalits so that's why they need to be protected so now since this entire discourse of adding dalit muslims and dalit christians have come back uh, i have few broad points to make and the first is is a point with regards to the the religion i mean if you look at the, the religion of islam and christianity both are very different uh, set of religion than uh, buddhism and in fact uh, sikhism and jainism so islam and christian christianity both actually uh, have the are are from the abrahamic traditions which is very very watertight religious segments so uh, it it's it's quite unfair and which basically in their own texts be it the quranic texts of islam or be it the, the bible of of christianity nowhere do they mention this untouchability or this hierarchy it just along the line of caste the way uh, the hindu religious texts you open any hindu religious texts it basically uh, mentions uh, i mean it basically divides people on the basis of a fourfold varna system and it upholds it so islam and christian theologically the the theological texts of both these religions do not subscribe or prescribe to anything which is related to untouchability or or caste now comes the question that uh, then the ones those uh, get converted into that religion those religions especially islam and christianity uh, if the dalits get converted so they basically uh, if they demand for reserve, dalit reservation within the scheduled caste reservation framework it would be basically a, a, a travesty of its sort because uh, they are not only blowing up the theological sanctity of uh, islam and christianity because there is no room for untouchability there so when they are basically demanding civil caste reservation for within the islamic untouchabilities or discrimination within the communities it is purely their own kind of uh, intra religious thing and but it's very very different from the theological text to the uh, on ground physical practices so the physical practices uh, cannot be the ground for uh, sanctioning reservation of uh, physical practices of anything discrimination or anything it cannot be the ground for allotting a constitutional form of reserve, uh, reservation which is basically given on the basis of the untouchable experiences within the hindu framework now obvious question can come that what about the buddhist dalits what about the uh sick so you would know that register general of india in fact the government of india in its various affidavits they have rejected it it's not new today but it it was uh, in 2000 uh, probably 19 affidavit the union government rejected the recommendations then the register general of india in its note uh, in march probably 2001 they uh, presented the opinion that why they cannot be inducted or included in the list of scs so uh, but if you look at this whole tenets of buddhism it's not really a, a religion as such uh, at par with the abrahamic set of uh, religious uh, 
discussions uh, or religious uh, theological uh, tenets so buddhism if you if if we look at it through the lens of dr ambedkar which is popularly now as uh, known as uh, ambedkarite buddhism or neo buddhism so this buddhist tenets uh, uh, and there is a whole book written by professor gail ambedkar buddhism in india so is uh, dr ambedkar himself says that buddhism is basically different from dharma it's basically a dhamma uh, so it's basically he identifies this 22 vows uh, on which this entire thing is standing so the the question today obviously uh, was posed by the supreme court bench of uh, justice call and uh, and others uh they wanted affidavit to be submitted or or some kind of reports to take stock of this situation and on which on the basis of which the the central government has appointed a, a commission to look into the matter to say whether dalit muslims and christian dalits can can be inducted into sc list or not uh so this uh, and and as a result of it the government of india has appointed a commission headed by the former chief justice of india balakrishna kg balakrishna so now the point is that on the one hand the the material conditions within a religion uh, where there is discriminations where there is practices of such it cannot be equated as especially within the christian frame framework of christianity and islam it cannot be equated as untouchability because when we are saying this we basically the state is empowered to interpret the religions which is going against the the principalities or the constitutional moralities of the country so uh, once we start interpreting the religion through the government appointed commissions uh, where whether untouchability is found or not so it will basically create a communal discussion in the country so it can create a kind of a communal uh, problem around it so uh, but when the backwardness of this dalit christians and the dalit uh, uh, muslims are talked about they are already being sanctioned uh, some kind of reservation in the obc state obc and the central obc lists uh, which is within the other backward classes but having said this uh, if you read dr ambedkar's speech uh, or, uh, which he delivered at the session of all india civil caste federation which was held in bombay on 6th may 1945 he talked about this communal deadlock and the way to solve it where he is basically worried about the way you know the minorities would be treated after the partition uh, so and and he basically says that uh, they need to be protected and which is why i say that uh, it's it's a very uh, justified fear that dr ambedkar himself had and on the basis of that there must be a separate religious minority a uh, reservation where the the christians and muslims they can be accommodated right sir uh, i have a couple of questions for you professor noshkar starting with uh, caste as a feature of uh, theologically as a feature of uh, hinduism per se and not being a feature of abrahamic religions like you put it uh, my point being there is enough literature to now suggest that caste could no, uh, might not have been a theological Uh, hierarchy i mean that was associated with a particular theology but that it could be something that is civilizational that was associated to a particular geographical area of civilization uh, which would expand the scope of caste beyond uh, being restricted to hinduism itself so firstly what do you think about that 
Well, uh, this this can be one sort of argument that within the Indian subcontinent, this is being practiced, uh, and it got uh, other religions got infected, uh, infested with. Uh, the caste-based hierarchies. But when it comes to constitutional allotment of certain caste reservation, that cannot be a basis. The basis can be that uh, these are religious minorities. Those basically got uh, uh, converted into these religions in the hope of getting into an egalitarian, emancipatory framework. And which is very true. So uh, now the civilizational discourse cannot be on the basis of the South Asian or the Indian subcontinent. But then uh, there are Islamic countries across the globe. There are the countries where Christian faith is very dominant. So there, it's it's there's no such thing like this. Uh, the the caste based untouchability or something like that. So even this point of caste and untouchability cannot be even raised there. It would be uh, nothing sort of blasphemous. Now, finding a civilizational anecdote in the whole uh, in this whole discussion is basically, uh, you know, is again uh, a travesty of the of the whole discourse because it's uh, it's it's not basically theologically subscribed, but also materially within the Muslims, uh, even within the Christians. It's not really untouchability, but it's it's some sort of ethnic uh, kind of differences, ethnic kind of segregations, where they, they are being looked down, uh, not looked down on the basis of their, let's say, uh, caste, but some kind of uh, ethnic uh, groupings. Like if you look at, if you, there is a whole book written by P. Sanal Mohan on uh, modernity of slavery, where he is talking about uh, uh, struggles against uh, uh, caste inequality in colonial Kerala. So there he is talking about these uh, uh, Pulayar castes. Uh, those are basically Dalits. Uh, so uh, these Pulayars, those are very dominant in Kottayam. So they are uh, they, are, they, they, they were basically enslaved by the dominant upper caste and Brahmins uh, in the erstwhile Travancore. So Professor Sanal Mohan are basically argues that how you know the Cherumas, Kurabas, Parayas, Pulayas, and in fact Thandapulayas, you know this this the slave caste of 19th century Kerala, and and their tryst with Christianity. So they these are basically you know they were the the kind of experiences they had within the Christianity. It's it's something which is very di- different from the experiences of. Uh, the Dalits within the Hindu fold or let's say within the uh, Buddhist fold. Right. I understand, sir. So, uh, let me come to Professor Thorat. Uh, so, sir, uh, there is clearly, uh, like um, Professor Noshkar explained, uh, there is on one side, there is caste discrimination within the new religion that they have gone into that might not depend solely on their previous caste, but also might have other factors. Coming to the question, the commission that has been set up to look into this issue, do you feel that they should take into consideration these other forms of caste hierarchy that exist in these religions to make their uh, recommendation, whatever it may be? Let me first clarify on the point raised by uh, my colleagues. I think there is uh, no theological difference between Buddhism and Sikhism on the one hand and Christianity and Islam on the other hand uh, to the extent that all the four religions believe in equality. 
So there is no difference. So we cannot draw that difference. And yet, the scheduled caste converted to Buddhism and scheduled caste converted to Sikhism have given given reservation. So they here it is accepted that although both the religion believe in equality, and yet the scheduled caste after conversion we face discrimination because there there was evidence also. Because the, the convert are both high caste and the low caste in Buddhism and the uh, Sikhism. And the con high caste convert continue to practice discrimination. If that is the case with Buddhism and Sikhism, which believe in equality theologically, in terms of religious principle, what is the, there is no reason why the Christianity and Islam, which believe in equality, and the converts to, to the Christianity, high caste and the low caste, they will continue to practice discrimination. So if they pra practice caste discrimination, forget about other discrimination, because in Islam there is a stratification of their own. I won't discuss with that. But we even if we focus on caste discrimination by those who converted, uh, the high caste converted against the low caste convert, if there is a discrimination, if there is a segregation, if there is a, some sort of untouchability, then they, they do need a protection. Uh, religion in Christianity has not been able to wipe out the caste discrimination. Islam has not been able to wipe out caste discrimination, despite the belief in equality. And that is why that is the case which uh, uh, build up the reservation for Buddhists and the Sikhs. And I may also mention that Muslim had been given reservation earlier in 1910 in politics, till 1935, till the constitutions was made. Christians has been given uh, reservation, political reservation to nomination, which even today persists. European Christians are given uh, reservation uh, in legislature to nomination. So I don't buy this point. The point, basic point is that despite conversion, if the caste discrimination persists and that they face discrimination and uh, it is against the constitution, we have to bring the constitution uh, into play that if constitution guarantee equality before law, equal opportunity, principle of non-discrimination, and if after conversion that continues, it is obligation in the context of the constitution that you have to provide protection to them in whichever form you want to provide, reservation and law. So that is my first point uh, I, I just want to say. And Ambedkar himself argued that he will get the reservation by Buddhist. I think there is no point in misquoting Ambedkar. He, he said in Nagpur city, because there were certain uh, scheduled castes uh, who were worried that what will happen to reservation. He said, don't worry, I will give a reservation within a year. So he was sure that there, there will be a need for the uh, scheduled caste converted to Buddhism to get reservation because discrimination by high caste will continue against the scheduled caste Buddhist. Uh, Buddhist converted to uh, scheduled caste converted to Buddhism. Now let me come to the commission. Let me come to the commission now. The important point is, I think Supreme Court has been uh, not focusing on the issue. Supreme Court has, uh, for in the case of promotion, for example, they had asked the state government to uh, give the data on under-representation and then they will be, uh, discuss the case of reservation in promotion. So what they are doing uh, is they are asking for under-representation. Under what they should do, now if the Supreme Court has asked the government and government set up the committee, the committee's objective should be, focus should be that do the Dalit converted to charity and Islam face discrimination, caste discrimination. If there is no evidence, there is no case for reservation. I am with uh, my colleague on that issue. But if they face reservation, if uh, we face their discrimination by the high caste Muslim and the high caste uh, uh, Christian, then you we have to 
provide an, uh, protection. See, it is not uh, that Islam, it is not an issue of Islam versus non-Islam. You go to the Pakistan, Pakistan is an Islamic state, it has discriminated against the Hindus. By constitutionally, a Hindu cannot, a minority, and minority Hindu cannot become a prime minister. Same is the case with Bangladesh, Hindus are discriminated. So it's not a question of theology to a certain, uh, to a certain extent, it's a question of whether the community face discrimination or not. So I will suggest, I will suggest that this commission should undertake a study and see the forms of discrimination faced by the scheduled caste converted to the Islam, scheduled caste converted to Christianity. National sample survey used the data for scheduled caste Islam, OBC uh, Muslim, scheduled caste Muslim, and other Muslim, Sayyid and Khan. So let's summarize that I will suggest that the commission should study with the forms of discrimination and then see that whether that that discrimination in land market, labor market, education, and civil sector affect their poverty and income and employment, then there will be a proper database to uh, for the government to take a case or not for reservation. Right. So the question I have is, uh, for example, you mentioned whether the converts to Islam or Christianity face uh, discrimination based on their caste within their new religious community. But shouldn't it also be a matter of discussion whether these converts are facing discrimination from non-Muslims and non-Christians, for example, their previous neighbors who are who continue to be Hindu and continue to discriminate upon a person for having converted their religion. So, should it should do you think that should also be part of the consideration that the commission is going to undertake? You mean the the Shadulkas Christian, which are converted to Christianity, whether they face discrimination from the Hindu? Yeah, you are right. I think you are right. The point is that the the Dalit, the untouchable or we don't call them Shadulkas now, the untouchable who have converted to Christianity. If you go to Tamil Nadu, I have gone to the villages, their settlement are along with the same uh, Shadul caste Hindu. They have not been uh, become a part of the major part of the Hindu or whatever. So they face discrimination not only from the Christian, high caste Christian, they also face a discrimination from the high caste Hindus. About the Muslim, we have much less information. You know, I won't say with confidence because conversion of Shadul caste to Islam is a very old story, 600, 700 year story. So we need really study the nature and forms of the low caste which converted to Islam. What is the nature of discrimination? But you are very right that the one should see, this is called intersectionality, that the scheduled caste only not only suffered from discrimination from the Christians, but also suffered from the Hindus, which they have left. And that also should be taken into consideration. Uh, my, my, my suggestion is that the commission should conduct a primary survey because there are no there are no precedents of undertaking uh, studies on discrimination of Dalit Christian or Dalit uh, Muslim. There are few studies in South India, but they should study properly the forms and nature of discrimination, the impact of discrimination on them. If discrimination is a source of their low poverty and low income and low employment, then there is a case for discrimination uh, reservation. Otherwise, not. Discrimination is only foundation and basis for any reservation policy, irrespective of religion, irrespective of ethnicity. Right, I understand. Professor Noshkar, a question for you. So, like Professor Thorat explained what the commission should examine on the point of, uh, you know, whether they face discrimination or not. My question to you is, uh, what aspects should the commission consider 
when looking at possible impact of inclusion on existing sc communities well uh, let me before that tell you that there is now since as professor thorad was saying that uh, buddhism and sikhism they also are other religions which has equality at the core as a principle and so is in islam and christianity but the question is islam and christian are very watertight abrahamic religious frameworks where there is no room for any maneuvering or any discussions uh, so it it shuts the door there now since the question that actually has erupted in the larger public discourse is about that the, the first question that needs to be addressed is that the dalits those got converted into islam and christianity in the hope of having a egalitarian experience uh, which they never got in in hinduism so is is that religion these religions like christianity and islam do they basically textually in fact uh, uh, subscribe to anything which is inegalitarian now to, to address this question a commission or probably one needs to the supreme court or the government needs to have a bigger kind of commission which will need to then deliberate upon these two religions called islam and christian christianity and to interpret that whether untouchability as a framework untouchability uh, as a hierarchical order or anything which is along uh, along the line of caste or caste based hierarchies or varna system whether these these things exist in islam and christianity that needs to be deliberated upon and there needs to be expert there if that gives a green signal that there is nothing of that sort exists in these two religions then it actually you know gives a different kind of gives birth to a different kind of question a different sets of question which then uh, asks few obvious question and that is that whether if untouchability does not exist or caste based hierarchies do not exist in islam and christianity then can somebody demand this civil uh, caste status or not within the reservation framework because if you see that the muslims and christians historically were never part of the civil caste because they were not included in the civil caste order of 1936 and this was a time when i mean we need to remember that uh, muslim rulers actually ruled us for quite a long time and they never recognized the plight of untouchables and they they never addressed the question of uh, untouchability and which is same with this western powers those, those ruled us and the, these are christian countries the french and the british and in fact the portuguese so they they rule different parts of india uh, you know so now they never offered uh, hindu untouchables uh, anything because they do not believe in untouchability from their uh, religious vantage points so now the bigger point is that if the christian dalits or muslim dalits if they want to come in but then there are large number of uh, questions large number of discussions and deliberations are needed and i i agree with professor thorat that we need to now inquire into this religions also that the government or the supreme court they need to set up commissions to inquire into this very religions whether there is untouchable practice uh, or not not among them i am not talking about the physical practices uh, among the humans uh, because if you look at pakistan and in fact bangladesh within muslims so they do not uh, uh, th- there is no untouchability it the hinduism this is different they, they, with hinduism it's it's basically not untouchability but with uh, it's a uh, it's it's kind of 
communal uh, kind of uh, barrier. But Pakistan, there is an ethnic problem. For example, Baloch and others uh, Sindhis. Right. I understand, sir. Uh, so what I'm trying to ask you is that, uh, okay, like you said, the larger commission is needed uh, to look into whether these religions, in fact, do have components of untouchability or any kind of caste-based hierarchy. My question then would very obviously be, sir, that uh, and y- your concern, you said, was that whether state can do that, can get into interpreting religions. But that is exactly what the state did when they included Sikh Buddhists and uh, Sikh Dalits and uh, Buddhist Dalits in the SC list. So I'm saying that if there has been a precedent for the state interpreting religion in a certain way, uh, why not this time? Well, that's why I have cited you the 1936 Rilka's order. And uh, when, in fact, if you look at the roundtable conferences where Dr. Ambedkar was basically the representative of these uh, depressed classes and the ex-untouchables. So there, uh, when he declared, uh, let's say, separate electorate uh, and, and those sorts. So uh, he, the, uh, Mr. Gandhi basically opposed separate electorate for the depressed classes, but they did not have problem with separate electorates for Muslims and others. So Muslims especially. And then later on, the partition happened and all that. But, but the point is that... And he even did not wanted to have reservation for scheduled class. He said, try. Dr. Ambedkar threatened to resign. And that is why then the reservation for scheduled class and scheduled tribe was retained. And this 10-year limit also for political reservation was brought in, not for other reservation. So I don't think that the government is unaware about it. There is a history of giving reservation to religious minority, all religious minority, scheduled class and scheduled tribe. And now we are thinking of informal way for women. I think the, the key point is that we should not bring this theology into the picture. The important point is we consider constitution. And in the constitution, we provide equal right and non-discriminatory right. Non-discrimination also should be caste, race, religion, even religion and gender. Now, if that is violated in any religion, for whatever reason, whether the religion believe in equality or not, that's not the issue. We know that. So, But we do know that all the religion which believe in equality, still the discrimination uh, is there, caste-based discrimination. And also, as you have rightly pointed out, you have asked me whether the Hindus discriminate is about the kitchen. In Islam also, there is an internal certification of Islam. There is a, there is a high caste, is high caste or whatever you may like to high status Muslim, Khan and Ali, and then there are Asraf and others. They face discrimination in marriages and social distancing. Even the commission can look into that also. But let me summarize, let me summarize one sentence that the issue is constitution. And if there is an equal right and equal opportunity is denied because of religion, because of group identity, then we have to have the policies of reservation or similar policies. Right, right. Uh, Professor Noshkar, what do you think about the current justifications? Some of them that you have argued uh, as a point, but uh, some like, you know, it will be difficult to locate their original caste. Do you think there is any value in that current justification? Well, uh, if you read, there is a constitution order amendment bill that was placed in 2008, where uh, basically uh, in the in the very statement of objects and reasons, it says that uh, Dalit Muslims, uh, which is the Arjans, uh, those are at the bottom of Muslim hierarchy, where in, in fact the Sachar Committee report has indicated that their population is around 0.78% of the total Indian population and their 
in fact uh, educational social status and uh, are quite bad so but, but the, the fact is that at present uh, these dalit muslims have been given the status of other backward classes okay they are already getting it it's not that they are not getting any reservation uh, for their backwardness uh, but when the specific uh, allegations of untouchability comes i am all for you know setting up a commission to basically look into these religious texts to because uh, the the even constitution does not uh, disallow it there is no provision where it cannot it, it does not in fact in the case of savanu judgment in the later uh, cases uh, you know they have interpreted it in the ram janmabhoomi cases they have interpreted religion in fact recent ganwapi must case they have inter interpreted it so now this uh, the, this bone of contention uh, basically you know uh, began with this presidential order in uh, 1950 right which uh, added this uh, other communities dalit uh, so the in fact uh, the sikhs and the neo buddhists those who are actually uh, reincluded uh, uh, in 1956 and 1990 1990 now this uh, in in 2007 they basically after uh, looking at this uh, rangarath mistra commission the cabinet uh, if you look at they were basically discussing this matter of including arjals uh, those are backward uh, classes of a muslim community so they basically when it was submitted in 2007 they basically strongly submitted that they should be uh, taken into consideration but the point is again the government you know in its bill that this is a 2008 bill which is an amendment or in, in fact constitution order it says that we are already given giving dalit muslims uh, a status for other backward classes but my last point is that in fact uh, when this uh, the concern that dr ambedkar himself had uh, voiced that what would happen when there is a hindu majority uh, and what would be the security uh, of the muslim community so in that case i think that there there is no harm to create a separate religious minority reservation framework or maybe uh, the cap on the within the obc reservation can be separately uh, a separate uh, you know kind of uh, framework can be created within the other backward class classes where the christian uh, dalits and muslim dalits can be included because if you if you do not include them there it basically creates a contention with that that past order where historically they never wanted to be part of the civil caste the 1936 order i said and even the muslims when they were rulers they never accepted this fact that there is untouchability among them right i understand sir so just want to leave you both with one last question a large part of this debate on this issue has been focused on reservation per se but what i wanted to ask both of you uh, really quickly was uh, i mean the impact also has to be seen from prevention of atrocities given that if they are included as scs they will also be protected by the prevention of atrocities act that covers scst people and uh, the fact that the discrimination happens is is something that is that we are seeing so maybe that is another aspect that needs to be considered in the debate what do you both think no listen uh, the point is that uh, both dalit christian and dalit muslim generally will be covered under the uh, civil right act you know citizenship act uh, but uh, if uh, if the commission through an extensive study come with a finding that they do face a discrimination associated with caste and untouchability 
and the kitchen definitely face discrimination the uh, the the dalit converted to islam we do not know the nature of discrimination we do not know whether they face atrocity or not so what we we have to be commission should do is to study the forms and nature of discrimination of both shaduka the dalit converted to islam and dalit converted to christianity and then the question of protection will come if they they face a denial in access to civic amenity and citizenship right because of caste you do require a, a protection of civil right act the way you have for shaduka the way you have for women uh, so there also you require if there are atrocity physical violence that they face then definitely they should be made a part of the prevention of atrocity act but it has to be done after a careful study our habit of the supreme court has been is to issue a order without having a database what i am saying is that whether they will need a legal protection or they will be included in the prevention of atrocity act it will depend on the nature of discrimination that the commission will be now you know the commission is the supreme court is also dealing around that so supreme court is asking to give the figure on under representation supreme court is not asking that whether the discrimination is a source of under representation if there is under representation for the high caste poor for example brahmin then you were require a different policy you don't require a reservation policy so what what commission has to do we have to study the nature and forms of discrimination being faced by Uh, Dalit converted to Christianity, but more particularly the Dalit converted to Islam because it's a very long conversion. Many of the discussion and other things would have reduced and gone. So they should study study it properly, and then see, then come with the finding that what legal protection they require, what affirmative action policy they require. Right, right, Professor Noshkar, just your closing statements. Given that even if they are left out of the ambit of SC reservation, uh, what is the impact of uh, leaving them out of, for example, the cover of Prevention of Atrocities Act? There is a lot of concern regarding that as well. So, what do you have to say about that in closing? Just well, there are many a cases you'd know where there has been cases of atrocities committed by. the court and court dalit muslims on the dalits the hindu dalits a recent case of a rape where somebody um, hanan ansari uh, in in ramgarh in jharkhand it happened so uh, it's it's so it basically shows when a dalit court and court muslim commits atrocity or commits this kind of heinous crime on hindu dalits that means this they do not uh, consider themselves as dalit so being a dalit they normally can basically not commit atrocities like that so once they are given the protection within the sc uh, scst prevention of atrocities act it would be it you know you know in that case it would be easier for them to get out of that uh, criminal punishment uh, uh, thing where the hindu dalits are victims of uh, muslim dalits so there there are ansaris there in in various cases those are basically the accused so this is number 1 number 2 uh, i will again go further and say that the government needs to basically look into this religions and whether the religions per se the religious texts per se uh, basically talk about or uh, subscribe untouchability or untouchable practices within their uh, textual subjects or not so this is another important matter that needs to be looked at right right thank you so much 